Hey there, you are listening to the Motherhood Elevated podcast. I'm your host, Annette Jones, and this is episode number 23, Navigating Change with Confidence. You are listening to the Motherhood Elevated podcast for women who want to find clarity of mind, create lasting emotional well-being and confidence, and achieve amazing potential. Come with me. This will be fun. everybody welcome back it's been quite a while since i put out an episode and i have missed it um 2020 definitely threw us for a loop over here as i'm sure it did for all of you in one way or another um and the podcast is something that i had to reluctantly let go for a little while but i'm back and one of my goals for this year is to um get this podcast back on track so i'm really excited to share some of the things i've learned with you some of the breakthroughs and insights i've had myself and that i've seen my clients have Um, It was a very interesting year, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of anxiety, hardship for a lot of us, right? And even though we started a new year, it's not really quite over yet. And so I think one thing I learned in 2020 is that anything can happen. Your life can be turned upside down pretty quickly, but even in the midst of change and uncertainty, um, we can still move forward. We can still adapt and make progress and live the lives we are meant to live, even when our plans are canceled, even when things don't work out the way we wanted or expected them to. So that is what I wanted to talk about today, change. Um, It's something that's just a natural part of life. Change is part of nature, part of the world, yet we as humans seem very adverse to change. We generally don't like it um, and we're uncomfortable with it. We thrive on routine and predictability and certainty. Um, In fact, we are actually wired as humans neurologically and physically to resist change and to stay in kind of a mental and physical homeostasis to avoid um, the new and the difficult and to seek the familiar and the comfortable. And this is what being in our comfort zone refers to, right? We love our comfort zones. They feel safe, predictable, easy. Um, But have you ever been in your comfort zone and felt discomfort? Something I've learned over the past few years is that comfort does not always equal happy, right? We can be comfortable, but stagnant. We can feel safe, but also stuck. We can feel ease, but at the same time be bored or unproductive. Um, I love the thought that a comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing ever grows there. And so we're kind of in this paradox as humans. On the one side, we have um, this primitive drive to protect ourselves, to stay safe, to hang out in our comfort zone. And on the other side, we have this innate and I believe divine desire to grow and progress and change and to become. And I believe that's part of what this life is all about. To learn how to balance those two, to be content with our lives and um, grateful for what we have and and where we are, um, and to also give ourselves permission to want something more, to become something more, and to seek out what's possible and live up to our potential. And for me, this illustrates one aspect of the carnal mind um, versus the spiritual mind. Um, Our bodies biologically want safety, security, comfort, certainty. Um, And these things aren't necessarily bad, right? They keep us alive, they keep us thriving as a species. But we also have this other spiritual side um, that contains that divine DNA that's straight from our heavenly parents. And I think that pushes us to um, have new experiences, to expand ourselves, um, to desire to develop our talents and pursue our interests, to strengthen our abilities and our capacities. So sometimes we crave change. We want those opportunities to become something different than we currently are. And sometimes, I know I've done this, we want something to change um, because we think we'll feel better on the other side. So I think it's interesting to step back and take a look at the times in our lives when we've sought out change 
um, and the times when we've resisted it, and then kind of dig into those reasons why and what we believed um, that change would mean for us, either way, good or bad. Um, doing this can give you some real insight into some of the beliefs you have about yourself and about others and about your relationships and your habits and all kinds of things that you probably weren't really aware of what was going on for you before. So the desire for or the resistance to change shows up for us in different areas of our lives. Um, on the one hand, change can be tricky because we are going against our body's biological tendency to want to maintain equilibrium. So if you've made some goals around changing your diet or starting a new exercise routine, your body might not love those new disruptions to its equilibrium, right? Even though they might have positive results in the long run. So I notice this when I run. The first mile is not fun. It doesn't feel good, it's hard, um, and I usually don't feel like I have the energy or the endurance to keep going. Um, but I've learned that if I stick it out, I generally get into a groove and I start feeling better. Not that it becomes easy by any means, but I can feel a shift in my body. Like it's no longer resisting the faster heartbeat or the shortness of breath or the discomfort in my muscles that come you know, when I first start to exert myself physically. So our bodies have this kind of automatic thermostat that gets triggered when it detects that the, that homeostasis is being interrupted, um, which is a good thing most of the time, right? We want our bodies to be able to identify any changes that might be harmful and alert us or instinctively bring us back to that equilibrium. But I think it's helpful to understand um, what's happening and to know that this, um, and, and, and I think that knowing this can kind of, you know, help us be more disciplined and stick with um, this new health habit, even when it feels uncomfortable. So a little disclaimer here, of course, um, if you are worried about a specific pain or feel like something could really be wrong, you should definitely be in communication with a doctor or other health professional. But I think most of the time we can use this discomfort as an excuse to just quit and then we don't ever get to the positive results that we wanted, right? Okay, so there's how the body, the physical body resists change. Now let's talk about the brain. I've talked in other episodes about the primitive brain, the carnal brain, and how it's wired to perform certain routine functions and habits that are familiar to us and that make us feel good. And these are things that we repeatedly do in our day, in our day-to-day -day life. For example, whenever I get into the car, I put on my seatbelt. Um, without even thinking about it. It's just an unconscious habit. I know exactly how to get to my kids' schools or to church or to the grocery store. I've driven to those places so many times. I don't even have to think about how to get there. Um, your morning routine is a habit. Um, we all have a morning routine, even if we don't like our morning routine. It's still a routine, right? And changing that routine can be hard. It takes more brain power and energy to think deliberately and to go against those neural pathways that have already become so automatic. Um, and so, of course, the brain is going to resist that a little. Our brains are always trying to conserve energy to be efficient and so your brain doesn't love when you mess with its neural pathways right so again this is just interesting information um, to help us know that any change we want to make whether physical or mental um, is going to take practice it's going to take some work and we know that what we practice grows stronger those habits and neural pathways exist because we've been practicing them and if you want to change them you need to practice new things this concept is super simple but not very easy, right? So there are the intentional changes we make, wanting to get into better physical shape, wanting to have a better morning routine. Um, maybe you want to change. Maybe you, maybe you want to remodel your house or go buy a new house altogether. Maybe you want to change in your career, a change in your look. We love those makeovers, right? Um, changing your schedule to be more productive or even changing your family, adding another child or a pet. There are lots of things we do um, to create change in our lives that, that can be good and desirable. But what about those changes that life throws at us 
that we weren't expecting or we aren't very excited about. Maybe it's a change in your job where you have to live um, or where you live um, that you didn't want to make. Maybe it's a change in your marital status or your health. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one or a shift that occurs when your kids um, begin to leave home, right? Maybe it's a global pandemic that rocks the entire world and makes you wonder if um, we'll ever get back to what we once knew as normal. So the truth is life is changing all of the time. We all have seen um, how it can change dramatically in just a day or two. And sometimes we're glad for the changes and sometimes we wish things could just stay the same as they've always been. And so today we're gonna talk about how to navigate life's changes a bit more smoothly. Now the way you think about change, starting out your mindset about change will have a big impact on how you experience it. If you can see change as an agent for growth and progression and even goodness, which might be a stretch in some cases, you can move through whatever is shifting in your life with a a greater sense of intention and control rather than fear or resistance or anxiety. So I want to share some ideas and strategies that have been helpful for me in navigating the changes in my life with more peace and more confidence. So the first thing um, I suggest for um, peace during a difficult change is to keep an open mind. As we talked about earlier, we as humans crave predictability and certainty. We want to know what is going to happen and have our plan all mapped out. And it's good to have a plan, right? Plans help us make decisions and set goals and accomplish things. But how many plans have you made in your life that haven't worked out exactly how you thought they would? Yeah, me neither. (laughs) Now, it's not that these things don't necessarily happen eventually, but many times the exact route we had envisioned can take some twists and turns and might not be the straight shot we thought it would be to our destination. And then there are the times when our well-mapped out path takes a complete detour and we end up in a totally different place than we'd imagined when we started out. And I found when these detours or obstacles come up, if we can keep an open mind, if we can stay flexible and curious and even maybe optimistic about what's happening, we will have a different experience. Most of the time, um, the change happens whether we resist it or not, right? But when we're resisting, we don't usually have the same opportunities for growth. So some questions I like to ask myself when I'm facing the uncertainty of a change in my life are questions like, what does this new phase of life have to offer me? Or how could this change possibly be a good thing for me or for my family or for anyone else involved? Another question, how could this, or another question, how can I make the most of the situation, even if it's not exactly what I want right now? I remember hearing somebody say um, something to the effect that the one thing we can count on in life is change. And that's kind of true, right? So even when change comes along and it's a change we don't love, um, your situation won't always stay the same as it is now either, right? It can be helpful to remember that most things in life, most situations, most phases of life are temporary, even though they sometimes seem like they'll last forever, they don't. So opening up your mind, looking for opportunities and finding ways that this change can be a catalyst for goodness and growth in your life can be a very powerful thing to do and it can literally transform the experience you have um, within, within that change and even the person that you are. And I've seen that in my own life and in the lives of many of my clients. Okay, the second tip in navigating change is to stay in control of what you can. You're probably all familiar with the serenity prayer, which states, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. And that can sometimes be the tricky part, right? Knowing the difference. But when something changes, especially something we didn't want to change, um, we can get caught up in feeling kind of like a victim to it. 
And we can be tricked into thinking that this thing is just happening to us. We didn't choose it and therefore it has the power to determine how we feel and what we do. Talk about a tough place to be. I know, I've been there. And I've made these undesirable changes mean all kinds of things about myself, about other people, about God and how he felt about me. And I realized that I was the one creating my own suffering in these situations. Now, the quickest way to get out of victimhood is to identify what your choices are. Because you always have a choice, right? Even if it's just in your attitude, you still have a choice. It's so easy to get stuck in that feeling of powerlessness. Um, But when you are able to see that you do have your agency and that you do have a choice in how you handle any situation, you are no longer a victim. Um, So embracing change is all about making the most of the cards life deals you and being able to find and create peace and happiness along the way. It's about adopting a growth mindset and considering new possibilities for yourself. Um, It can be an opportunity to really redefine um, your identity and who you want to be in the world. And it can even be the thing that guides you to your passion or to help you find your purpose in life. So another question I like to ask myself in the midst of a big change is who do I want to be right now? And how do I want to show up in my life, even when the change happening is less than ideal? There have been lots of changes with this pandemic that have made many people feel very out of control. And it's been an interesting thing to see how different people have responded to changes in almost every aspect of their lives. And I think the most resilient people I have seen have been able to see this um, as temporary, although we're still not sure how our new normal will look eventually. I'm guessing we won't ever get fully back to the way life was pre-pandemic. But again, we have more say in how that future will look for us than we might think based on the stories we're telling ourselves about our situations now and in the future. So when you are suffering, write down your story. See, um, see it for what it is. See it for your, that it's your own thoughts and interpretations about yourself and your situation that your sneaky little brain is telling you are just facts and that you don't have a choice. Um, you have control of your story. You get to decide what it is and your story is going to determine how you think and feel and act in any situation. All right, next up is being willing to trust. Let's talk for a minute about what it means to trust yourself. So I have a client right now who's eight years old and a couple of weeks ago we were talking about a situation that she was feeling some anxiety about. And I asked her how she wanted to feel in this particular situation and she said, I wanna feel good, like confident. So I asked her to think of a time that she had felt confident and why she felt that way. And she thought for a minute and then her face just lit up and she said, because I trusted myself. And I love that. Words of wisdom from an eight-year-old, right? One of the most common causes of anxiety is the belief that we won't be able to handle a certain situation. We may think that we're not capable, not smart enough, not confident enough, not brave enough, not talented enough, or just plain not good enough to face whatever it is ahead of us. I see this a lot in my clients, in myself, in my own children, Um, that anxiety can be paralyzing. And many times it comes because we aren't trusting ourselves to do the right thing or to overcome that obstacle or to handle whatever emotions are going to come along with it. So think about what you're avoiding in your life because you're afraid of how you will feel. What opportunities are you missing because you're not willing to take a chance at failure or disappointment? This can show up in any area of life, but especially when a big change is happening. So do you trust yourself that you're going to be okay even when something changes? Do you trust yourself that you'll show up and that you'll stay present and engaged in your life and roll with the punches even when things get tough? Now one more thing about trusting yourself, it's not really something that you can fake. You can't just say you trust yourself one minute and then the next minute indulge in panic and self-doubt. I know this is much easier said than done, 
it takes practice, right? But with practice, you can learn to trust yourself, to have confidence in yourself, to follow through for yourself, um, and to have your own back and believe in your own potential and capacities. This is something I go in depth on with many of my clients, developing that relationship of trust with themselves. It's so, so important and so empowering. Okay, we're getting to the end. We're on the home stretch. The fourth tip I have for you is to try to approach changes in your life from a different perspective. If you're having a hard time with change, dig into that. Maybe do some journaling or a, a thought download about that. Ask yourself, what about this change is so hard? Why am I resisting it? Many of the women I work with are moms who are in some kind of transition in their lives. Many of them are either experiencing a change in their roles as mothers. Some of them have gone through a difficult or unexpected divorce. Some are trying to re-enter the workforce or start a new career. Some of them are stay-at-home moms trying to adjust to having all of their kids at school um, for the day for the first time. And some are even seeing their kids leave the nest for college or to go on a mission. Now, these kinds of changes can have a pretty significant impact on our lives. For example, um, changes with our kids. No matter how much we wish they would stay small, our kids grow up. And that change can leave a gaping hole in the life of a mother who has spent the past 18 plus years juggling schedules, being a chauffeur, devoting her time and energy and focus to being a full-time caretaker and parent. And that kind of, over time, becomes her identity. And it's often how we as mothers define ourselves, how we validate ourselves, how we determine our sense of value and purpose and importance. And so when your identity and your value is tied to something outside of you, like your children, your husband, your job, your church calling, your house, your looks, your friends, whatever it is that you tie your worth and your happiness to, when your value comes from something like this and then that thing changes, it can lead to an identity crisis of sorts. You might feel lost. You might feel anxious in your new phase of life. You might feel a deep sense of grief and loss when you see reminders that life just isn't quite going to look the way that it used to. And I often see a lot of fear in my clients, fear of, um, of the change and fear of what the future is going to look like for them. Um, and it's not uncommon to hear people wish for things to just be the way they were in the past, right? Um, when their kids were little and things felt easier, not quite so heavy. Maybe their children's mistakes or disappointments were a little safer and less consequential. I certainly have those times when I wish I could just go back to the good old days, right, before my current challenges and problems existed. But then I remember that those times had challenges too, and that someday I'm probably going to look back at this phase of life and think of it as the good old days when our schedules were a little less demanding and we had more time at home as a family. Um, it really is all in your perspective, right? I was thinking that a lot of times I say I want to turn back time um, and go back to when my kids were young, but really what I'm chasing is the way I felt back then. It's who I was during that phase of my life. Maybe it was a time when I was feeling um, lots of gratitude for my kids and just really enjoying them. Maybe I felt more connected to the people in my life. Maybe I was taking better care of myself, mentally or physically. Whatever it is, many times um, I don't necessarily want to go back and relive that time, but I want to be the person that I was and do what she did and feel what she was feeling. And the cool thing is that I, I created that for myself back then, right? And if I created that before, I can create that again, even if my circumstances don't look exactly the same. So I wanted to share at the end here a little part of a talk from Elder Jeffrey R. Holland. And I remember when he gave this talk back in January of 2009, um, and it has been one of my go-tos ever since. I listen to it at the beginning of every new year, and every time there's a big change in my life, every time I'm feeling fearful or uncertain or even discouraged about the future. Um, so the name of this talk is Remember Lot's Wife, 
um, faith is for the future. And this is what he starts out with, the story of Lot's wife, which is found at the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis. And so a man named Lot and his family lived in this very wicked city, Sodom and Gomorrah. And because Lot was a righteous man, he was told to take his family and flee before the city was destroyed. Well, he kind of did a little bargaining with the Lord to try to save his city and prolong his stay. But in the end, um, they had to get out of town and they got out just in the nick of time, just as it was um, beginning to be destroyed. Now, the Lord gave Lot and his family some very specific instructions. And he said to them, look not behind me, lest thou be consumed. And this applied to Lot and all of his family. And the Lord was saying, just move on. I will take care of you. Don't look back. But Lot's wife couldn't help herself, right? And as they were heading out of this forsaken land, she looked back. And when she did, as the story goes, she was turned into a pillar of salt. Now, I'm going to read the rest of the story for you, um, or Elder Holland's insights into this story, because if I paraphrase, I'll probably mess it up. (laughs) And nobody says it like Elder Holland, right? Um, And as I read this, listen for ways that this applies to you and how you might be doing this in your own life. It's a really powerful concept. He says, what did Lot's wife do that was so wrong? Apparently, what was wrong was that she wasn't just looking back, but in her heart, she wanted to go back. It would appear that even before they were past the city limits, she was already missing what Sodom and Gomorrah had offered her. It is possible that Lot's wife looked back with resentment toward the Lord for what he was asking her to leave behind. So it isn't just that she looked back, she looked back longingly. In short, her attachment to the past outweighed her confidence in the future. So as a new year starts and we try to benefit from a proper view of what has gone before, I plead with you not to dwell on days now gone, nor to yearn vainly for yesterdays, however good those yesterdays may have been. The past is to be learned from but not lived in. And then he goes on to say, faith has always has to do with blessings and truths and events that will yet be efficacious in our lives. So a more theological way to talk about Lot's wife is to say that she did not have faith. She doubted the Lord's ability to give her something better than she already had. Apparently, she thought that nothing that lay ahead could possibly be as good as those moments she was leaving behind. Wow, I love that. It's so, so good. So when I am faced with a big change in my life, especially if it's a change I don't necessarily like or understand, it really helps me to dig into what I'm making that change mean about me, about the way I see myself and where I get my value from, about God and what he wants for my life, about the effect it has on the other people in my life, and figure out, okay, why is this really a problem? What story is my brain telling me about the situation that's making it a problem? Am I feeling threatened? Do I feel restricted? Do I feel ashamed or uncertain or out of control in my life? Really, why, what's, why is what is happening causing me so much suffering? And many times it comes down to the things we've talked about today, that I'm not having an open mind, that I'm not believing my own abilities and potential and worth, and that I'm not trusting that God really does have even better opportunities for me than I could plan out for myself. So yes, be intentional, make your plans, follow through on those plans, but don't get derailed by the little details and lose yourself when something changes or doesn't go exactly according to your plan. We can have what we want or we can have something better, and I think a good part of the time, what we want is what God wants for us. Those good desires are in us for a reason. It just doesn't always play out the way we thought it would. And that's where the faith comes in, right? That's our opportunity to show God that we'll keep moving forward and keep trusting him even when we can't see the whole path. 
I love this quote from Dieter F. Uchtdorf. He said, There are times when we have to step into the darkness in faith, confident that God will place solid ground beneath our feet once we do. And there have been many times in my life, especially in the past year, when I've had to do that and keep going and keep making choices and keep taking imperfect action, even though I couldn't see how these things could possibly work out or get better. Um, So I'm telling you from personal experience and from helping my clients through this fear and uncertainty, hang in there and trust yourself to be able to handle every change that comes and to thrive in each new phase of your life. All right, that's what I have for you today. If you would like help applying some of these concepts that we talk about in this podcast, please reach out. The best way to find me is on Instagram at Annette Jones Coaching. Um, Come hang out with me. I try to show up there every day. And feel free to DM me with questions or if you'd like to sign up for a free call that will help you start applying this amazing work to your own life, click on the link in my bio and get on my calendar. These calls are really fun and they can get you on the road to becoming more of the person that you want to be. Okay, I hope you all have a wonderful weekend and I will meet you back here again soon. Bye now.